The U.S. reached a grim milestone this week. The pandemic's death toll crossed 400,000. And officials are warning that more bad news may lie ahead. Last Friday, the CDC said the pandemic could be entering a new phase. It said a variant of the virus that emerged in the U.K. could become dominant in the states by March. The U.K. strain is highly problematic, and it could be a game-changer. An hour or so ago, we were informed that this new variant, this new strain, has been identified here in the state of California. If it does transmit more quickly, obviously more people get it, it means more people hospitalized. This new variant, which is much more infectious, has already spread around the world, and it has emerged as COVID vaccines are being rolled out, making the speed of vaccinations even more important. We thought that with the vaccines, the light was at the end of the tunnel, and now this variant is throwing a wrench in that. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, January 21st. Coming up on the show, how the UK variant came to be and the danger it poses for the U.S. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Our colleague Daniela Hernandez has been covering the science of the pandemic. And recently, she's been looking into the UK variant. This is something that happens with viruses all the time. They change and evolve, and it's up to us to understand how those changes will affect our health. What about this variant in the UK is actually different? It has these key mutations, these key changes that could help the virus get into cells faster. The virus has a constellation of mutations, of changes, but about eight of them are in what's called the spike protein. And the spike protein is critical for the virus to get into cells. It's basically the key that lands on the doorstep of the cell, and it opens it, goes in. And so these changes that scientists are seeing in the spike protein might help it get in faster And if the virus can enter a person's cells more effectively, it might mean it can spread a lot more easily. Scientists have noticed that the viral load, the amount of virus that a person is carrying, is higher up in the nose area for people carrying the UK variant. And that could make it so that you are more infectious. Because if you're breathing out and you have more virus up here, You know, you're like exuding more of it, like your viral spread, your viral spray, if you will, is more concentrated with viral particles. And that potentially could make it more transmissible. It just increases the chances that you will interact with enough viral particles to make you infected. How much more transmissible is it? From the epidemiological data, the scientists have ascertained that somewhere between 50 and 70% more transmissible. That's a big difference. 
If someone with the earlier strain of the coronavirus went to a grocery store and infected two people on average, a person carrying the UK strain might instead infect three or four people. And then those people go on to infect three or four more people. And that means new cases rise exponentially. But even though it spreads more quickly, scientists say it might not be deadlier. The preliminary data here suggests that it doesn't necessarily cause more severe disease, but it causes more disease in general, which is why you might be seeing more hospitalizations. When a virus tends to be more transmissible, meaning it spreads faster, it doesn't always actually mean that it causes more severe disease or more death. Because if you think about it from the perspective of the virus, that's actually bad for it, right? Because if you kill the person you're in, you're not going to spread to a new one. So you kind of want to strike this balance between how fast you spread and how fast you kill. The UK variant was first identified in December. Scientists had been analyzing viral samples taken a few months before, and they found 17 key mutations. Since then, they've been trying to piece together how the variant came to be. The prevailing theory right now is that it developed in a patient who was immunocompromised because maybe they had an immune disease or they had cancer or something that prevented their own body's defenses from fighting the virus fully and eradicating it. As the theory goes, the virus was able to linger in a patient's body for longer, giving it time to mutate, while the patient was also receiving COVID treatments. That put a selective pressure on the virus to basically jump through those hoops, right, to try to, like, survive while it was being attacked by these drugs that have been used in patients with COVID. And so that might have helped the virus develop these changes that then helped it to spread. It's like a CrossFit workout for a virus. Yes, exactly. It's a CrossFit workout for a virus, right. And then it got all bulked up and could take on the world. Yes, exactly. And actually, when scientists talk about like doing the lab experiments to ascertain biologically why it has an advantage, they use kind of that language, like it'll outcompete other versions. And this seems to be happening in the real world. That's what scientists are trying to prove in the lab. An obvious question is why is this all happening now? So you have to think about this from the perspective of the virus. That light at the end of the tunnel for us is kind of the death for it. And so when we throw therapies at it, when we throw public health measures to prevent it from spreading, when we have vaccines, these are all things that the virus's own evolution is going to try to work against. Naturally, it's going to develop these changes that help it, even ever so slightly, take advantage of any holes we leave open. The new variant may have used those advantages to become the main strain in the U.K. Its identification in December alarmed officials, leading Prime Minister Boris Johnson to put in place new restrictions going into the holidays. Given the early evidence we have on this new variant of the virus, the potential risk it poses, uh, it is with a very heavy heart. I must tell you, we cannot continue with Christmas as planned. But canceling Christmas and putting in those new restrictions weren't enough. New cases and hospitalizations soared. So earlier this month, the U.K. put in place a national lockdown. 
England is back in lockdown this morning for at least the next seven weeks, with people being told once again to stay at home. The new restrictions, which include the closures of schools and colleges, came into effect at midnight. The United Kingdom is at the worst point of the pandemic so far. It almost feels like they're back at square one back in March, right? Like it's like a deja vu moment where even though they had all these restrictions in place, you still saw these spikes. And that's, I think, what really caught the eye of officials because already they were taking precautions. And even with that, cases were rising in a very, very concerning way. While there are signs that new cases in the UK may have peaked, deaths continue to rise. On Wednesday, Britain reported more than 1,800 COVID deaths, the highest daily toll since the pandemic began. And now, that more infectious strain is on American soil. But how big of a problem is it? That's after the break. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. In the U.S., COVID cases have been climbing sharply. And recently, officials have reported finding the U.K. strain in 20 states. But it's not clear whether the rise in cases has been caused by this new strain. There's so many other confounding factors there, right? Mask wearing isn't 100%. Some businesses are still open. People are not being as careful as public health officials advise. And so when you have all these variables working against you, it's really hard to ascertain, like, what's causing the fire. The variants clearly are not helping, but it might not be the only ember at play. So we don't have a sense of how widely it has spread. No, and in part because we don't do as good a job as the UK in sequencing and analyzing the genomes of the viruses that we detect. The UK is one of the world leaders in sequencing the coronavirus genome. That's due in part to its National Health Service, which collects samples from COVID patients. Those samples are then transferred to a lab set up to specifically track coronavirus mutations. But in the U.S., we don't have that kind of system. The U.S. certainly has the technological wherewithal to do it. We're the country that sequenced the first human genome, right? It's just that countrywide, there isn't one place that's responsible for screening all these viruses. So people are doing it kind of piecemeal, but there isn't this one collective initiative. You can think about it in the same way that we handle testing or the vaccine rollout, where you have different players not always playing by the same rules. And so that just makes it really difficult to catch something that, again, spreads evenly throughout as opposed to, you know, in individual states or counties or cities. The reason scientists want to keep track of mutations is to make sure treatments and vaccines stay effective. Do we know if the COVID vaccines that have been approved are effective against this particular new variant? 
The data that's available seems to be comforting in that the vaccines should be effective against it. Pfizer scientists, in collaboration with some American scientists in Texas, had a preliminary study come out suggesting that their vaccine could be effective against one specific change that's in this variant. They took blood from patients who had been vaccinated, and they exposed that to a version of the virus that had a mutation found in the UK variant. And they found that the antibodies in the blood were able to stop the virus from going into cells. So that tells you that the antibodies are doing their job. Basically, you want a vaccine to create antibodies in a person that keep the virus at bay from infecting cells. If it doesn't enter cells, it doesn't spread. However, the variant itself hasn't been tested against the vaccines, so it's still unclear, but scientists are hopeful. This week, Pfizer and BioNTech said a laboratory study shows that their vaccine is effective against the new strain. But other new strains have also been discovered, and those could pose additional threats. There's been a lot of interest in the variant that is coming out of South Africa and, by extension, the one coming out of Brazil, because these two variants share a mutation. In preliminary studies in the lab, it seems to be better at evading the body's defenses. And some scientists say that that does not bode well for vaccines, because the vaccines were developed against older strains of the virus. Do you think that this highly transmissible UK variant, these other variants popping up, do you think that that means we're facing another tough year with COVID despite these early vaccination efforts? I mean, I think we were facing a tough year regardless, right? Like the vaccines weren't magically going to pop into, you know, your pharmacy overnight. We're already seeing here that the rollout is slower than we would have hoped for. But yeah, this means that we also just need to be more careful and that it might take a little bit longer to get back to normal and then to see how these vaccines play out. Generally, the scientists I speak to are pretty hopeful that the vaccines that we have and the vaccines that we'll get will be helpful, but they're also quick to say that 2021 wasn't magically going to be a return to pre-pandemic life. That's all for today. Thursday, January 21st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.